Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, campering with the evidence. Dale brings the case against her husband, Sean. Dale bought a small trailer intending to convert it to a food truck for her business. She's figured out it isn't suitable as a food truck. Now she has plans to make it into a small camper. Sean says the trailer won't work as a camper either. It's time to sell it. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents the obscure cultural reference. Sunday Breakdown. Custom recommends that at this Anglo-Saxon, all right, big lunch, you, quote, put the big pot in the little pot and fry the skillet, unquote. Then, quote, spread yourself, unquote. In days gone by, feasts of this kind were eaten at, quote, all-day meeting and dinner on the ground, unquote, which is actually a religious gathering held out of doors menu. Fresh orchard fruit, turnip greens, fried turkey breasts, Dixie brown beans, hot buttered biscuits, grits, yam fluff, poke salad, fried pies, and black joe. That's small black coffee. The recipes for all of these dishes may be found by consulting the index. But now, Bailiff Jesse Thorne, please swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he only eats food prepared in hovercraft? <laughs> I do. I do. Very well, Judge Hodgman. It's the hot new trend, Jesse. It is. I read about it in Vice. I almost called you Jailiff Bessie Thorne just then. <clears throat> But because because I because I'm a podcast semi professional, I called myself at the last second. Well, it's a funny coincidence. That's actually what my mom used to call me when I was a baby. Jail of Bessie. Yeah. Oh, at the I time for- it had no it had no secondary meaning as it has now because podcasting had yet to be invented. Well, your mom sees the future. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I should have mentioned right off the top that my mom is a clairvoyant. Sometimes she doesn't quite understand what she's seeing. And how could she? Because you can't even see podcasts. Yeah, that's they're, a good they're, point. they're the least visible of all the media. That's and, true. And becoming increasingly so every day. <laughs> oh, but I see that Dale and Sean are still standing. Dale and Sean, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Can either of you name the cultural reference that I made as I entered the courtroom or identified, I should say? Well, the case is being brought by Dale, so I will ask Dale first. I cannot. Sean? Nor can I. All right. Now I know which gender you guys are because there was any, it was anybody it was anybody's guess. It could is it this is a, this is a, a spousal dispute between Dale and Sean and uh and and it seemed like it could go either way. It could be two boys, it could be two girls, a boy and a girl. I didn't know. Now I know. Dale, you are you are a woman who brings a case against your husband, Sean. Neither of you know the cultural reference. The answer, and I think uh, eagle-eared listeners to the Judge John Hodgman podcast might have guessed that it comes from my favorite cookbook, Mary Land's Louisiana Cookery, which was first published in 1954 and has now been republished by the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, where my friend John T. Edge uh, has the greatest job in the world. He is a tenured professor in Southern Foodways, at Old Miss. Anyway, uh, Maryland's Louisiana Cookery, I love it for its recipe for owls and blackbirds. Uh, you might love it, uh, Dale, because it mentions something that you make. Yes. Did you, 
which is fried pies, yam fluff, right? You're a yam fluff. <laughs> no fried, fried pies. Fried pies is what you cook down there. And you are, where are you again in Eastern or Western Tennessee? In Eastern Tennessee, Knoxville. Well, right. Rocky top country. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, uh, Maryland's Louisiana cookery is my favorite, my favorite cookbook. And this came from, uh, the, uh, appendix. It's a recipe for a Sunday breakdown, or I should say the menu for a Sunday breakdown, uh, which is actually a religious gathering held out of doors. Uh, I did go to the index because this book, which I've only ever found two copies of in used bookstores and is now available electronically online using a popular internet service, which I will not buzz market at this time, but anyone who does a little bit of their research and wants to buy it for a very reasonable price can get this amazing scrolling PDF that I have now of Louisiana cookery and boy I could I could uh, I could read this thing all day long but what's interesting is that it does ride pies are in the index but the recipe does not appear in the book so it is a total mystery as it is I think to most of our listeners who don't know what you're talking about so Dale you had uh, attempted to renovate a food truck in order to sell fried pies what is a fried pie uh, basically, it's like a, a little hand pie. It's a circle of pie dough with filling inside traditionally fruit, but you can put anything inside and then it's crimped shut and either skillet or deep fried. Yeah, like the like the old time, uh, uh, the, the, the apple pies they used to have at a uh, very popular chain of burger restaurants called McDonald's. That's correct. Can I ask you a question? Are you sure you're not just talking about empanadas? They are very similar to empanadas. Are you sure you're not just talking about pasties? They are also very similar to pasties. It's a deep fried, delicious, savory food thing. Correct. Or uh, sweet. That, that exists, or sweet, that exists in many cultures, including, is this a Southern thing in particular? I figure it is because it came out of, I found it in Louisiana cookery. It is. It's it's primarily a Southern thing. I think, you know, that popular food chain that you mentioned sort of popularized it in some way along roadside stands along America, but it certainly originated in the South. And most people outside of the South don't know what you mean when you say fried pies. So when you say fried pies, like what are some of what what are some of the things that go into the fried pies that you make? Well, traditionally around here, apple and peach are pretty much the 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 mainstays of fried pies, but I put lots of all different things into them. Do you do you ever do turtle eggs in a puff? Um, I, I have not as from pa- yet. From page one eighty nine of Louisi- Maryland's Louisiana Cookery. No, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna give you this give you this recipe for free. Anybody who anybody who's listening who makes this and sends me a picture, um, actually don't don't do that because I don't I don't I don't trust any of you to source turtle eggs responsibly. Mash the boiled yolks of turtle or other eggs, okay, into a paste. Add the beaten white of several hen eggs, that's your traditional chicken eggs, roll into a ball and sprinkle with flour, fry in deep fat for five minutes, serve hot. That's like a, a deep fried deviled egg. <laughs> Whoa. All right. That's a new that's a new business and maybe a new t-shirt. Maryland and John Hodgman's famous deep fried deviled eggs. Look for us at state fairs anywhere. Guys, I would talk to you about fried pies all day long if I could. Because it combines one of my favorite things, fried. <laughs> Don't really give a hoot about pies. But you have some dumb dispute that you want to talk about. Dale, what's the problem? Well, yeah, basically I, I um, purchased a 
food trailer um, that was sort of operational when I bought it. I knew there would be some work that needed to be done to it. Mm -hmm. And for the past year and a half, I've been working on renovating it. About a month ago, um, I, I sort of finally came to terms with what I had been realizing for a bit, which was that this trailer is just not really going to fit my needs, mainly because it's too small. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you can't fit a pie fryer in there. You can fit a pie fryer in there, but you can't fit everything else you need around the pie fryer. Apples. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Mostly just safety equipment. And um, yeah, it, it's, just, it's just too small. Um, and I, I finally realized and admitted that. And so basically then the two options are to sell the trailer or um, the option that I came up with that I think is much more fun, which would be to convert it into a little camper that Sean and I could use um, to travel and go on adventures. So are you, are you giving up on the business? Are you selling the trailer and giving up and you, or you want to go camping to escape your creditors or what do you, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm currently operating from a little stand. Okay. Um, I don't have a food trailer right now. And so the food trailer was sort of me expanding. I'm going to get another trailer regardless. Um, this is just, the question is just what to do with this current unusable sad little trailer okay and real quick question before i turn to sean dale uh, if you're making a pie and it has a hole in it what do you do with the pie is this a trick question jail if bessie maybe you know maybe you know the answer if you have a pie and has a hole in it what do you do with that hole oh you shut your pie hole yeah (laughs) i appreciate the bailiff jesse Gave you the space to give that punchline or or maybe decided to go for a walk about 10 minutes ago when he got tired of hearing my pie talk. Honestly, I was thinking call it a donut, but then you <laughs> rephrased. What do you do with the hole? That's true. That's true. Said that from now on in the in the lingo of Judge John Hodgman, anyone who doesn't shut their pie hole fast enough is called a donut for the rest of the yeah. episode. <laughs> All right, Sean. Yes. You've. You've heard and lived this whole thing. You guys are married. How long have you guys been married? Uh, over two years now. Like a two years and two months. And how long, is, how long has Dale been in the fried pies business? I think a year and a half. Mm, two years. Two years. And she's been renovating this, this, pot, this pie truck for, for a year and a half, and she's finally giving up, and now she wants to turn it into a camping trailer. And you say, this, this far, no further. Why? Well, mostly because I'm just kind of a... I'm not, I'm, I'm tallish, 6'1". It's not huge. I'm not like a monster, but I'm tall. And this trailer is kind of small. It's, it's, um, eight, eight by six, four. eight by four, four by eight. So it's like laying out a piece of plywood, basically. And this is not the com- most comfortable size for a person with long legs. And, um, I think it'd be, um, kind of a torment to camp in this little trailer. You don't want to go camping in the in in the hills of eastern Tennessee in a stripped food truck for some reason. Yeah, I might be crazy. Um, yeah. It just it seems like you could you could easily sell this this um, trailer the old, the old trailer and buy a decent uh, machine made for camping, like an old camper uh, for the same the same price. What I don't understand what is the what is the priority in your lives, guys? Go camping or sell pies. What's coming first? What do you think should come first, Sean? Going camping or selling pies? I'm always against sleeping uh, near the ground. So I, I think fried pies is the way to go. 
What are you concerned about, snakes? No, just uh, uncomfortness. You know that snakes love pies. You know what? I'm right there yeah. with you. My top two <laughs> concerns would be number one, snakes. Number two, uncomfortness. <laughs> well, uh, if I if I could, the, you could. It, oh, thank you. I don't think it's really mutually exclusive. It's, this isn't a choice between getting another food. Oh, no, you're right. It's not mutually exclusive. You're right. It would be very uncomfortness to sleep <laughs> on a bed of snakes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's also true that this isn't a question of either have a camper or have a food trailer. I'm going to get another food trailer regardless. This is just what to do with this this particular failed food trailer that we have sitting around. (laughs) Let's go back a second here. So so a year and a half ago, you picked up this food truck. Mm -hmm. Is it a trailer or is it or is it a vehicle? It's a trailer. Okay, so you, you, you drag it behind some other vehicle that you own, presumably? Yes. Why did you make this horrible mistake and buy a trailer that was too small for your tiny pie business? Well, um, it was partially just my fault, lack of experience and understanding of what it entailed, but also the rules in Knoxville surrounding mobile food have recently changed because we've gotten a lot more food trucks, um, and so the city's been paying a lot more attention. And, and the big thing is, I knew that I needed a hood, but I didn't know that I needed this specific thing, a fire suppression system, which is basically like a fire extinguisher that goes in the hood. And um, there's a big... So people people understand the the hood is the ventilation system above the deep fryer and the cooking mechanism. Mm -hmm, Correct. And and so you you need to to have an auto extinguisher that just lives up there. So if you, you pull the rip cord and the whole thing gets drenched. Pretty much. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun prank to pull on people who run food trucks from time yeah. to time. You know, <laughs> right. Bypass the system. Yeah. So um, basically the, there's a big box of those chemicals that get drenched uh, when you pull that, that rip cord. And uh, that, that box of chemicals was much larger than I anticipated for the size of the food truck. And, as I was putting in more and more of the equipment, I was already realizing it was going to be quite tight. And then when I had the installation person come in, um, he basically said, there's just no room to even put this box of chemicals in the truck. And it was at that point I sort of realized that even if I could fit everything into it, it just wasn't going to be a very comfortable place. Got to it. Be. Yeah. At some point, I'm going to need to ask you, why Dale, why pies, why now? The big mission statement for why you're doing this whole thing. And and how much money did you spend on the trailer and, and tearing out all the stuff to realize it wasn't going to work? Roughly $7,300. And and did you take that out of your, your savings? Um, I did a, a Kickstarter campaign. Oh. Um, oh. Which is <laughs> which is why I definitely need to continue and, and have a food truck because people did give me money with the understanding that I would have a food trailer with it. Oh, oh, I so you sent you sent a video in as evidence of this thing being so small, and it said KS Trailer Tour. I was like, "What's who's KS?" That's Kickstarter. That was a video you made for the Kickstarter. It was an update for the Kickstarters. Okay. So how much money did you go? So you went to all your friends and relations on the internet saying, I need $7,500 or whatever to, to tear out all the stuff in this trailer and then throw it away. Cause it's not good enough. I asked for $3,500 and I was um, given $5,000 and then oh, I put 
some additional money of my own. So that's in, that's an interesting thing. So so the the project was funded. You got the money. You did what you said you were going to do with it, which was tear, tear apart a trailer. But then but then the trailer is no longer useful. So now you're five grand in the hole to strangers or internet pals. Yeah, and honestly, if I hadn't done the Kickstarter um, at this point, I might try to think of other ways um, to to sell my pies than a food trailer. But because I did, you know, take a lot of money from my friends and family and strangers, I feel like I do need to come through with a, a food trailer. Well, since that's your first obligation, I mean, I don't know even how that would work. You know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the ethics of Kickstarter, but if if I were a donor and I found out that the project you were working on just kind of fell apart because you had mis- made a miscalculation, I'm not sure that I would want my $25 back or, or anything. Do you know what I mean? I would just feel like, well, I made an investment and it didn't, and it didn't go. Well, I, I notified all of the donors and um, also gave them the option of requesting a refund and letting them know that I still did have plans to move forward with the food trailer would just take a little bit longer to finish. And so far no one's asked for their money back. Yeah. But, but you just, you just set a terrible precedent. I got to say, Dale, you're very nice, but you're going to get eaten alive in the fried pie biz. You can't be offering money back. I kind of didn't think anyone would take me up on. Yeah. They're all very nice, aren't they? So don't you feel then that it's your obligation to your investors to to first priority make good as quickly as possible on the promise of a food trailer. Yeah, and like I said, the what happens. So how does so how does camping help with that? <laughs> oh, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I just I think that what happens to this failed trailer doesn't really have much bearing on the future of a, a new trailer. That's going to happen regardless. Sean, do you want to ever jump in here and make an argument? Because I'm ready to go. <laughs> I would love to. And this is actually where the split happens with us. I mean, I think that if we do sell this old trailer that is kind of worthless right now, I mean, whatever money we get back, and it won't be what you put into it. It won't be $5,000 even, I would say. Um, but any money helps to go toward a new trailer or to renovate a new trailer. Um, so, yeah, that, that's basically why I'm kind of a pract- practical thinker i think in this stuff i have no emotions involved in this i didn't work on it i didn't you know sweat and bleed over it i'm not sure if you bled over it but uh i just have no emotional involvement in this trailer you don't so, like pies you don't dislike pies. pies. <laughs> just a totally neutral six foot one snake hating monster who, yeah. who, who doesn't who likes the idea of camping more than the the actuality of camping can i ask what this trailer would be worth on the resale market, roughly speaking? I would think you can get probably $3,000 just as a trailer, just as a, you know, you take the box off the top and it's just a flatbed trailer, probably $3,000. It's, it's really nice. It's a nice trailer. $3,000. Dale, do you disagree? Um, somewhere around there. Um, and that's sort of why I hate to sell it because the amount of money I spent getting it up and running still makes it a not operational food trailer, which isn't really useful to most people. So the people who would buy it would mostly just probably be using it for hauling or something. So, yeah. Well, but also here's one thing. It, it, uh, in its first, um, its first lifetime, it was a, um, it was a barbecue trailer. So mm-hmm. the guy who, who owned it had a barbecue business. He could smoke on smoke meat on the back of this thing. 
So one option is to find a barbecue entrepreneur and sell it to that sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you just dictated the, you just dictated the greatest Craigslist ad of all time. (laughs) Hey, suckers. (laughs) I took a good barbecue trailer and destroyed it. You want to buy it from me? For too much money. (laughs) Yeah. But it would would totally work. It'd be fine code wise for a barbecue trailer. It'd be perfect. If you didn't cook inside of it, there would be a lot more room inside. So that is true. It could be a barbecue gym. So, so Dale, how, what kind, what do you have your eye on a new, on a new pie mobile? <laughs> yeah, I've been talking with, um, I've been looking online. I haven't really found any used trailers that would fit again, because Knoxville's food laws are, are pretty stringent, <laughs> more stringent than a lot of other places. Draconian. Um, yes. You could even say that. Um, But I have been talking to some people who make custom food trucks, um, and I think that I could reasonably afford, um, with a loan, um, a a prefabricated or not, you know, a a custom built food truck for for me, which would be better. How much? How much money? About fifteen thousand dollars. One five thousand dollars, and you can't at this at this point go back to Kickstarter, can you? (laughs) I mean, I suppose I could, but I certainly don't want to. It would be embarrassing. And- it would be embarrassing. And almost certain to fail. <laughs> <laughs> but that means it's only 12000 if you sell your old trailer. I think Sean makes an interesting point. Why wouldn't you want to cut your losses, sell the old trailer for whatever you can get, and, and apply that to the, to the cost of the new trailer? I certainly see that point, which is one of the reasons I wanted to bring this case before you, because I do understand um, his point of view. I guess... My idea with that is, you know, if I'm going to be taking out a loan um, and one that I, I can afford a payment on a, a $15,000, um, you know, loan for a, a new trailer, if I'm going to go that route, it seems, I don't know, to me to sell this trailer that I've put so much work into, um, a lot of money to, and then turn around and just straight up lose all of that time and money. And really, you know, I really cared about this and I really had big dreams for this little trailer and they failed and that's okay. I made some mistakes and I understand that, but I think to then transform this trailer into a place that is super fun and make it a project that's just about fun. um, And that we could go on adventures with, it seems to me like it would be one sort of a transformative experience. And then having this thing that we made together and, can take on trips and stuff together is invaluable. Dale, can I ask, do you, re- do you remember the part of business school um, no, where, you studied, where you studied sunk costs? Yes, I do. Yep. I don't know what sunk costs are. What are they? Uh, sunk costs is money, money that has already been spent. Um, you know, the idea of chasing good, good, uh, good money, chasing bad. Yeah. So like, the question is whether uh, uh, if you've already spent money, it makes you more likely to spend further money uh, because you feel yeah, like Yeah, I know that already, very well. Because you feel like you're already <laughs> invested in it, right? Right. Uh, but if that money is not benefiting you, if it's not getting you any further into the future, uh, then, it's not, uh, then it's not worth spending more money on. 
I, I totally agree with that. That's why I decided to not move further with this trailer. By um, the way, I have a second career as the ultimate explainer of economic theories. That was <laughs> probably the most coherent explanation that anyone has ever heard of any abstract concept. Jesse, I think you're going to take over for that dude who's on that TV show, The Prophet, who goes in and fix failing businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to come right. in with my borderline, borderline nonsense uh, spewing of half-remembered <laughs> business concepts. You're going to be focusing just on just on pod, on podcast networks, though. You're yeah. going to help all these people create these these successful podcast businesses, and then you guys will all compete, all of us out of the market altogether. Yeah, How exactly. About that? <clears throat> Sorry. Were you guys still there? <laughs> Hello. Uh, Sean, what do you do for a living? I am a photographer. Good boy. Let me ask you these questions. Where are you selling these pies? How much does a pie cost? And uh, and what's your top seller? And then does it support you and your husband such that you can take a, make a camper instead of making a business? Okay. I'll try to remember all those questions. The first one. So uh, we'll where, <laughs> where we'll I do it together. Them? So yeah. I make the pies at a restaurant that is kind enough to let me use their space. Um, Sean and I are also working. We, we bought a building and I'm, we're building a commissary kitchen for me in there. So I will have my own kitchen soon. Oh, okay. um, I sell them at the local farmer's market, um, at festivals and events, and I do a good amount of catering. Um, does it support us? Not fully. I would say Sean's income is probably two thirds of our income. Mine's probably about a third, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm certainly contributing um, to the household. Sure. Yeah, How much okay. the pies cost? Three dollars mm-hmm. a pie. Mm-hmm. Unless you buy a hundred, then you get. A Unless discount. you buy a hundred, so, then you get a ten percent discount. <laughs> two ninety nine. God, I would love to have the lifestyle where I'm just like, can I get a hundred pies, please? <laughs> No, the, the lifestyle the lifestyle you want is hi, it's Dale. Oh hey, it's Jesse. Another hundred. <laughs> <laughs> the usual. You know, the pies are great until about sixty and then we right. go a little weird. <laughs> because you guys are so charming, because you you guys the pies are so fried, I am letting you guys buzz market all over my podcast. But even I have to now start pulling back the reins a little bit on this on this uh commercialism gallop. Uh can 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 you you guys share fun, you guys share funds obviously right you have a single bank account you have a bank account for the business we each have our a shared bank account and we have separate business bank accounts right okay uh 15 grand for the new mobile food truck and the commissary kitchen that can't be free uh these are some big investments can can you can you handle them yeah i believe we can I, I, what I wonder here is if you feel like if you hadn't done this Kickstarter, you wouldn't buy a food truck, then why don't you give the people their money back, take the loss, and not buy a food truck? Well, that's a good point. I guess, um, you know, maybe that was my initial feeling when I realized that this particular food truck wasn't going to work, that I felt like I wish I. I just hadn't done that and just sell it on my kitchen. But upon thinking about it further, I do, I do still do a lot of events where having a food truck um, will really, really help. And so I do, I do feel like it is the right thing to to move forward with that plan. How much do you think it's going to improve your business to have that food truck out there? Well, that's actually one of the the things that 
is a little bit of an unknown um, because it will certainly, you know, let me go more places. You know, right now when I go to events, I sort of just have to guess how many pies I need to bring. I don't want to bring so many that I waste a ton, but I don't want to bring so few that I sell out. So that's kind of a hard question to answer, honestly. That's true. Most events that they'll go to, um, either she brings back pies and they're wasted and uh, waste her time making them, or she'll sell out in the first you know, hour, and so she misses opportunities to make more money. Dale, is it really worth $3,000 to you to have your own camper trailer? That is not a very good camper trailer from what I hear. See, I disagree. I think it'll be a very good camper trailer. Yeah, well, wait a minute. If you're going to you're going to take this out camping, uh, this would be a good time for people uh, to go over to our website maximumfun.org and look uh, under shows for Judge John Hodgman. You'll find this episode and you'll find the 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 sad Kickstarter update video that Dale submitted. <laughs> When she still thought that this poor thing had a chance, and you'll see that this is a what I'm looking at here is a, a, a fairly small, uh, like steel or stainless steel lined room with a window in it. How are you going to want to sleep in that thing? You're going to have to do some updates to that too, right? Oh, it's already been updated from that um, okay. a lot. There's there's What'd tiles. You put in- you put in like a bed and shag carpeting and a lava <laughs> no, lamp. I would painted like a mural it. on the side. And made it two extra feet longer, maybe. Well, that's kind of the idea. Is right now it's got you know it's got um, you know walls. It's got tiled floors. It has a sink in it, so there's running mm-hmm. water. There's a fan in it for ventilation. There's a window in it. So the idea would be to make sort of like a folding foam mattress that could be folded up to be sort of a little chair. And then when it's time to sleep, you can unfold it and sleep on the floor there and we have they have special trailers just for sleeping in thank you i know but it's not as fun if you didn't make them yourself and again we disagree on that point (laughs) (laughs) i think it's just as fun to to, you know buy a, a camper that's meant for camping do you guys do a lot of camping we don't do a ton of camping um we do a lot of cabining we go to cabins quite often Right. And hoteling? Do you do any hoteling? That's my favorite kind of camping. Uh, we, do some, we do some hoteling here and there. Yeah. Where would you go, if, where would you go Dale, if you were going to take out your trailer? What, what would be number one top spot? Rocky Top? Is that a place or just a song? Well, we're about 45 minutes from the Smoky Mountains. Um, there's a lot of great places to camp in there. We also love going to Hot Springs, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and we have, we just have a bunch of friends in North Carolina, West Virginia. Um, there's lots of spots we could go and, and bring this little trailer. Dollywood. Is that on the docket? Um, I don't know that they allow you to camp at Dollywood, but we could camp nearby. It's a huge parking lot. I'm sure they'll let you camp <laughs> in the parking lot. I definitely recommend if it's possible. Sean, if I find in your favor, what do you want me to order? That you liquidate this trailer and, and then move on with her life? That's super reasonable to me. I think that's, um, yeah, move on, um, take the money, put it to good use. Because uh, I'm in favor of a, a new trailer, a new food trailer, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be a, a really prudent way to go forward. This Is is this your way of sabotaging your wife's business in some way? Yeah, it's it's a long con. It took me, it's <laughs> taken me a year and a half to, uh, <laughs> to uh, slowly but surely shrink the walls in the, uh, the old food truck. 
<laughs> no, I oh, really wow. want yeah, uh, an inch an inch per month, and uh, <laughs> I'd be able to have a not me code. Very handy. Sure, sure. <laughs> Seamless work. No, I, I wanted to succeed. I love pies. I mean, I'm you know I'm on board. I love it all, but uh, I just wanted to be uh, responsible financially because we do share. You know, this is a part of our income as well. Right. You know, but saying that, I do understand that it's her money, and, and she's it's her business. It's her money. She's made this money, um, and um, I don't want to. You know. Well, right, but but if 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 you if you take the loss in the business deal, and then you spend whatever it is to get the to get this uh, trailer into into camping mode to to your satisfaction. I doubt that Sean will ever be satisfied, but to your satisfaction at least. That money can't come out of your business account. That's got to come out of the joint account, right? That's right. It wouldn't take much money at all to make this camper into a, um, you know, into a, or make this trailer into a suitable camper. And then, you know, the other side of it is, is if we make this, which I believe um, we have the capacity to make this into a super cute uh, little camper. Um, Obviously I, the, the food trailer I didn't totally complete, but I did take it from a state that was not super great and made it to where it was almost super great. So I do think with this, you mean Kentucky? <laughs> Is that the state you took it from that was not super great? Oh. That's Sean's hometown. So you should be careful. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't even know why I picked Kentucky. Where are you from in Kentucky? Uh, a small town called Cave City, near Mammoth Cave National Park. Oh, cool. I love. I'd love to live in Cave City. Are you kidding me? That's great. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Dale, where are you from originally? I'm originally from just outside Chicago. Do you have a nice carpet bag? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. Just I like mean, you, you deliver your pies in a carpet bag, do you? Your your authentic your authentic Southern fried pies. <laughs> I really should. And she doesn't wear shoes when she delivers them. <laughs> okay. Nice touch. I'm just being mean. Uh, Dale, you understand that uh, there are two options here, one that is um, sort of sober and responsible and the other which is whimsical and delightful, uh, but but is, le- but is less sober and responsible. Uh, tell me, make one final argument for whimsy over responsibility when it comes to camping and fried pies. Sure. Um, I just wanted to make one one more quick note, which is that if we did convert this into a camper and decided that we weren't using it enough or that Sean was too tall for it, I think we could make more money on it being a cute converted camper. Um, if we tried to sell that on Craigslist, then we could if it was a half finished crappy food truck. It is, but that's what but that's what it is. It's a half finished crappy food truck. If you take that thing down to Dollywood or whatever, you're going to be trying to sleep there and people are going to be knocking on the windows wanting a waffle cone. They're not going to know. Yeah, but if we with just a little painting, um, some curtains, you know, taking out the hood, we can make it look like a very cute uh, little food truck that I think um, we could trick a hipster into buying. Now, now, well, look, I love I love to play trick the hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you are you talking about doing a different reno to 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 upscale it as a food as a food truck? Oh, I'm sorry. Talking- Did I say food truck? I mean, I'm at camper. Okay, right. Okay, okay. Sorry. Right. Um. So, but in general, my argument is just that you know our our basic needs are being met. Um. We're we're not you know strapped for cash. Um. If if I had took out this loan, it you know it could make things tighter in terms of going out to eat and restaurants and things like that. It's not going to ruin us financially. So I, I believe that once, you know, all of your basic needs are being met, um, 
not all decisions should be financial or practical. And if, because if they were, we would never have any fun. Like going on a vacation is not practical. No one would ever, ever go on a vacation. No one would ever go see Judge John Hodgman when he's out on tour if you always just made practical decisions. And going I feel to see, like- going to see, going to see me on tour is not anyone's idea of a vacation. <laughs> that, that, that is, that is a, that is a, that is an obligation. Yeah. A sober obligation. That's a moral thing. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I'm so sorry. No, I feel you. Go on. Yeah. I just feel like we're in a place where, you know, aside from um, these business investments that we're making, we have very few costs in our life, um, very little debt in our life. And this is just something that for me personally would take, um, you know, something that was sort of a hard experience, giving up the idea of this particular food trailer and making it something really fun. And I know that Sean is, skeptical about it but i think once he you know and came out with me and helped me fix up this little food trailer and we went on a few trips i think he'd really really enjoy it okay i think i've heard everything i need to uh i am i am now going to go into my tiny little one-man tent camper to make to make my decision i'll be back in a moment please rise as judge john hodgman exits the courtroom you know have you ever gone on craigslist and looked at what $3,000 will buy you in the way of a camper trailer? Um, not really. I have. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about what you found, Sean? For around $3,000, you can get a really um, cute, I would say cute, um, cozy, Shasta trailer, that, that type of old, you know, 1960s. I'm sure it's a little dirty. I'm sure it's probably got some mold. But if, we, if we're going to renovate a camper anyway, um, it also has a kitchenette and a bed and some shelving and, you know, the, the stuff you would want to, you can um, put your quilts in there and built in. You know, you buy that for $3,000 and it's got all that already. Um, and also, I, I will say that I'm not, too, I'm not very handy. So the idea of me trying to make any trailer into any other kind of trailer is terrifying, <laughs> really. I mean, yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> Dale, how do you feel about your chances in the case? Um, I don't know. I don't feel I don't feel like I um got to or I don't feel like that like I uh talked about how amazing this trailer would be. I've got some grand plans or the, how great it would be as a camper. I think I've got some specific ideas that would make it really cool. I should have shared those, but I don't know. We'll see. Sean, how are you feeling about your chances in the case? You know, actually pretty good. Um, I think it's a pretty sensible argument. And so I think, uh, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. Well, we'll see what judge John Hodgman has to say when we come back in just a minute. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura, A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give 
your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you, it's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the court. Thank you, Jail. If Bessie may be seated, uh, Dale and Sean. Um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate. First of all, I, I have a lot of sympathy for Dale in this case because she really did enter this courtroom not appreciating uh, this court's profound bias of uh, uh, camping against camping. I should say the idea of it is sounds miserable and the idea of camping in what once was a food truck makes me feel even worse about the idea of going out into the woods and i'm looking now at your beautiful little designs for the for the food truck and i can see how you could make it lovely dale um but and i can also see why it would be therapeutic for you to go through the process uh, since you've devoted so much time to the food truck, which looks so adorable now with the name of your business on the side of it, that, that rather than just sell it to some miserable jerk who's going to turn it into a, a, a deep fried hamburger stand or whatever it is, it's coming next in its fate 
to turn it into something beautiful and lovely that you and your very uh, charming and over tall husband can enjoy together. Uh, and that would be, I think that that would be therapeutic and you would have fun even, even, even in, in the outdoors, which you can see, it's very hard for me even to say that word. So I, I do feel a tremendous amount of sympathy, both for the, the, the odds that you faced, even bringing this idea into my courtroom. Um, but also given the time and labor that you've already poured into this thing and, and wanting to get, wanting to get something out of it besides money. Boy, you know, I got to say, uh, if anyone here, uh, listen, everyone within the sound of my voice, move immediately to Knoxville, Tennessee, because it looks like the one thing you don't need to live well there is money. I don't know how I, I, it's got to be the cheapest place in the world to live. Or you guys, or you guys inherited a house and you discovered the attic was full of gold or something. But I don't know how, how a fried pie slash photographer couple can be, can be facing the prospect of $15,000 of debt and not be freaking out and wanting to go. I like, I love it. I love what you guys are doing with your lives. And I absolutely agree with you, uh, 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 Dale, that there, that you know life life is for living and and you know not having a vacation and not having whimsy is not a life well lived and i'm glad that you found a place in the world and 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 a person in your life with whom to enjoy the uh, whimsy as as much as work and toil as the rest of us in 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 the in the in the northern cities of chicago and new york city have to face and i and i appreciate that i'm glad you went down to the American South and decided to fry up some pies and sell them. It's a, it seems like a de- delightful life. And I want your business to succeed. And I, and because I want your business to succeed, I cannot find in your favor. Yes. Okay. And the reason is, the reason is, is this, you're entering a business that is a hard business, right? Food service. Uh, I've, I've, I've been around it enough to know that it's very um, variable and it's very um, contingent upon a lot of things that you can't control and that every investment um, could be lost at any moment. You know, um, it's a, obviously, you know, that it's a business that as long as you live outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, you can go out of business pretty fast in it. And I know that that, I know that your town is clogged with food trucks now but it may be that the demand for uh, beautiful handcrafted fried pies goes down in in the future. And if you had just spent a bunch of money to make this thing go, to make this food truck or this trailer, I should say, as beautiful as it is. And by the way, it is beautiful. If you just spend all your own money that way in your business, you know, and, and you were unwilling to take the loss, I would understand that. But you have investors, you know, even though Kickstarter is kind of like, the softest core investing that there is and none of and and none of those none of those $25 dilettantes are really going to give you a hard time if you end up not making good um i think that if you really want this business to succeed um to a certain degree you need to dial a little bit away from the whimsy and a little bit more towards the business at hand yes you could make this thing into a beautiful camping trailer. I have no doubt. And you may have the funds to do it, but what you don't have necessarily, if you want your fried pie business to do this is the time you can't make something beautiful out of everything unless you just want to be a a hobbyist. And if that's what you want, that's fine. If you can afford to just be a hobbyist in the fried pie business, then make a trailer, make a thing, do a thing, put a bird on everything. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) 
But but if you but you know I think I think looking at the pictures of the pies that you sent and not to buzz market so much but I like I think fried you know everyone is sad that McDonald's doesn't deep fry those apple pies anymore I think the fried pies are ready to come back I think you could make a go of this I think that you could you could start you know uh, uh, a real good business down there in the fried pie and I agree with you that having a mobile platform is probably going to be a way for you to to do a little bit better and I think that's why you decided to make that move, which was to to take it a little bit more seriously. And I don't think that you need to take it a little bit more seriously, but I do think you need to take it seriously enough that when you realize that you've made a miscalculation, you don't follow sunk cost with good money and instead honor the fact that people gave you money to get one of those trucks, sell the thing you made. I think that looking at it right now, I I think I think it would not be long before it sold appreciate that not everything in your business um, has an emotion. You know what I mean? Like that thing isn't going to cry when you sell it. It's a thing. And uh, and sometimes when you're running a business, you have to realize these are just things. And to sell that and take that money and put it into a bigger, better food trailer that is going to um, help your business to thrive and think a little bit less about weekends away and think a little bit more about Pushing out those pies <laughs> in those pies in people's hands. And I think this is the test. I mean, if you want to make this a business and I'm not, look, I, what, what business have I ever run? All I've ever done is, 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 uh, is, is go out there and, and stand up on a stage and say a few dumb words together until someone laughs and then take their money. That's about as, 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 you know, if I, and I can't even make that profitable all the time because I'm always getting David Reese to come with me and flying him all around the country because I want to have fun too. And like, I've lost so much money to whimsy, Dale. Maybe I'm being a little overcorrective here. You know, if it weren't, if it weren't for certain computer companies, I'd be tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars in debt and my family would be impoverished because I want to live this way today. Do you know what I mean? So, I may be a little bit overcorrective and projecting a little bit on you, but I think my advice and my order is this: uh, if you want to be if you want to be making fried pies, you have a, a little bit of an obligation, even to those Kickstarter investors, uh, to to see this thing through and not get distracted by another project, no matter how glorious you can imagine. You can get another camper trailer for $3,000 or $1,800 or whatever, but, but not that you don't deserve a vacation or happiness. That, I, that's just me. I don't deserve happiness, but if, but you do, but, but, you know, those are, those are weekends where, where you could be out selling pies. So I think that the decision you're making is, am I going to, am I going to be a pie truck salesperson or is this an art project that has seen its time uh, and now it's time to move on? And if you decide that you want to sell pies, I think, I think you have an obligation to either return that money to those folks uh, or to sell that thing and and buy, and and buy a new truck that's gonna that's gonna sell a lot of pies and and I'm, I'm gonna get you started. However you decide to go in your life, you know, I'm gonna get you started right now with with something that you're gonna enjoy very much putting on the menu. This is after owls and blackbirds, my favorite recipe from Maryland's Louisiana Cookery, uh, and and it's squirrel head pot pie. And here it is. Write this down. Boil 10 squirrel heads until tender in just enough water to cover. I'm just going to add a note here. Don't use too much water. Make pie crust and line casserole. Place a layer of heads and some juice. I love that sentence because just when you think it can't get more disgusting, you get to heads and you're like, I'm ready to vomit. And then, and some juice. 
Dot with butter and sprinkle with salt and pepper. Make another layer of heads, juice, and more pie crust strips. Cook in oven for one half hour. Serves six. Bring that to the farmer's market, won't you? Sure. (laughs) Tell them John Hodgman sent you. And you're going to make a lot of money out of that brand new food truck or, or, or not. Maybe don't do that. But, uh, but that is my ruling all the same. Now I'm going to go back into my chambers and puzzle over why there is no mention in this recipe of de-sculling these heads. Cause I don't know where those fit in. But in the meantime, I find the favor of Sean. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the court. Dale, how are you feeling? I feel okay. Um, I think the the judge made some good points, and I definitely think with that squirrel head pot pie recipe, things are going to really pick up here. Um, Sean, how about you? How are you doing? Well, pretty good. I feel great about the the verdict, but a little bit sad about the um, the end note there, um, the, the the summary that Judge. Uh, John Hodgman gave. So it's bittersweet. Can I give you guys a search term? And again, I this is something that you should build towards. Wait for the pie business to become a success. Teardrop trailer. Get oh, yourself a what? nice teardrop. Tra- there are some premium trailers on Craigslist yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. I say they're not, they're not cheap though. I say you get to, well, some of them are. You can get one for three grand. I found a few. Oh, okay. Here's my recommendation to you. You make this pie business a success by focusing on your work and uh, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff that Judge John Hodgman said. And then you reward yourself with a sweet uh-huh. teardrop trailer. Yeah. And then yeah. you buy me a teardrop trailer <laughs> and explain to me how to connect a trailer to my wife's station wagon. <laughs> Dale, Sean, thank you so much for joining us on Judge John Hodgman. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, I'm not going to lie to you. I really want a trailer now. Yeah, I just bought five of them because I deserve whimsy. (laughs) Well, thanks, computer company. Well, that's all done now. (laughs) 
but I still deserve happiness by buying things I don't necessarily need. And you know, I'm never going to take them into the woods because it's gross. But you don't have to take them into the woods. That's yeah. what makes them so cool. You can gonna, sleep in them in the backyard or whatever. I'm going to take them into Prospect Park. Yes! Bravo! Good old-fashioned Frederick Law Olmsted manicured park camping. I'm just going to go back and read a book in there. That's a good idea. What book are you going to read? Lucky Jim by Kingsley Amos? Right now I'm reading the John Cleese's autobiography. It's lovely. <gasps> yeah, I just, uh, you know, I just uh, interviewed him on stage. I know, I'm, I'm going to interview him in a, a hotel suite. <laughs> oh, you're going to... Well, he hugged me on stage, so who knows what he's going to do in a hotel suite. <laughs> Are you suggesting that he might make out with you? Well, not with me, because my time is done. I obviously <laughs> didn't make the most of it. Um, so you know he, but but bear in mind, you'll get this towards the end of the book. This is uh, 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 so anyway by John Cleese, which is that's why I was I've been thinking like I got to read this. Uh, a lucky Jim, because John Cleese read, talks about how it's his favorite book in the book, and I've never read it. But at the end of the book, he reveals, in a very casual way, that he is an avid collector of stuffed animals to this day. Wow. Make sure you make a point of asking him about that, and you will see a side of John Cleese you did not know well, existed. I'm keen to learn about that. Judge Hodgman, if folks want to get in their trailers and head out to meet you somewhere across this great nation, you got any tour dates? I do. Uh, you know, uh, David Reese is joining me for my four final tour dates of the year. And indeed, Jesse, for the foreseeable future, I'll be performing I Stole Your Dad in Burlington, Vermont, Lebanon, New Hampshire, uh, Northampton, Massachusetts at the Academy of Music, and then in Hartford, the capital of Connecticut. Uh, these will all be happening November 19, 20, 21, and 22, respectively. All the details, of course, johnhodgman.com slash tour. And as a special bonus to those of you joining us in Connecticut, you will also get to see and perhaps even meet Jonathan Fresh Bananas here, Niederer from Maine, Maine. He's driving down to, uh, to, to introduce us on stage, and he might even do a little fresh banana routine right there on stage. It's going to be a good time. I hope you all will come out. I will be going, I will be touring again in the future. I have a new show that I'm working on, but that won't be for probably a, another year. So I hope you come out and say hello this time. I'm excited that you're traveling with the great David Reese, the man behind the uh, Taylor Swift Aphex Twin mashup album that's taking the internet by storm. Yeah, this guy, is there anything he can't do, Jesse? I don't know. I mean, he's a he's got a brilliant television program. He's created a hilarious comic strip. Uh, he's the world's foremost expert on pencil sharpening. Uh, he's super good at making paper airplanes. Um, he's a well-known money pit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean party hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, our thanks this week to. Joe Pritchard, who named this week's episode of the program. Um, Thanks, Joe. If you want to name a future episode of the program, like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook, you can also join us in the MaximumFun.org Facebook group, which is at Facebook.com slash MaximumFun.org, uh, and on Reddit in the Maximum Fun group, which is MaximumFun.reddit.com. Uh, you can also follow John and I on Twitter. John is at Hodgman. I am at Jesse Thorne. The program produced by Julia Smith, edited by Mark McConville. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Court is adorned. 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.